0: Okay, ready? Ready. Ready. (laughs) Okay, three, two, one.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Include Podcast. We are so happy that you have joined us for this episode. It's gonna be a fun one. The team is ready to roll. We're raring to go and ready to roll. I'm Lisa. I'm Wendy.
0: And I'm Miles.
1: So we're gonna be talking about several things today, but we really wanna hit on accountability and how to hold employees accountable, Uh, how you create a culture of accountability and what metrics and analytics can be used to measure and how to get your employees to accept them and embrace them. So we've had a little bit of a heated pre-conversation about this. So I think it's gonna be interesting, get our perspective on it. So- heated he well he um to nice each other of course so. <laughs> but um but i mean we were just talking you know obviously we're employees for our company for include software so we have to you know we have our jobs to do and we have to be accountable to our clients to each other um, so and there's different ways that we do we do measure and track that internally so we were kind of just kind of discussing our philosophies and, and, and different opinions on holding employees accountable and, and what you measure and what you track. So let's just take it off from there.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think that this is a good topic. I know, I, I think it's it's interesting. Wendy, Wendy had some good points about like, Uh, before and obviously here interested to see like on the accounting side right but like on the sales side we we can I think we can kind of break it out into two things sales and production right but like one is accountability to holding accountable to like using the system right like that's one thing Mm -hmm. um, because I think that um, a lot of people and including myself for our internal systems admittedly right sometimes I'm not the best user user of them Um, and uh, and but but like so like an easy example, right, is like sales goals or using sales cycles, right? Sales cycle is an easy one, right? Um, if your people, if your salespeople aren't uh, changing sales cycles, you know, the sales reporting is off, right? That creates a problem because then you don't know where you're at. Um, and so like staying accountable to, to that system is pretty easy if you have like weekly sales reports, right, that are based off those numbers. And if the numbers are wrong, you know, the onus is on the salesperson to change that sales cycle, right? That's an easy example. Um,
1: easy in a way, so, but then like, how, how do you measure that? So you, you go to run the report and it's like, it's not complete or something looks off and you realize it's because the information hasn't been put in com- completely. So what do you do with that? What do you think?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, but I think that's like where it comes down to like um, either teaching or having, weekly reviews at least weekly right But at least maybe like maybe like an email or like a 15-minute touch base saying like here are your numbers right now are these correct right and some of them will know if their numbers are correct or not correct uh for the most part because especially in the sales context right like the salesperson sometimes they're based off commission right or they just need to know like if they're hitting their goals um So like, if you have incorrect information, then that presents an opportunity during the week to like go back and like, you know, fix the information, make sure that it is correct or have a conversation saying, you know, who changed this? Like, so for instance, if you sold a proposal that someone unprotected it, added another group in there just on random and then re-protected it, you know, that stuff can happen or something got deleted, right? So it just presents an opportunity to make sure that um, either whoever is inputting information is doing it the correct way and it's a streamlined, like, um, it's a streamlined process, right? So that way you know who's doing what, or um, it it'll, it'll open up some maybe some not some not so good things in your company, or in your team, about what's going wrong, right? Because th- those things can happen where people are changing things in proposal manager without anybody else knowing, and that can get really really confusing. So, um, that happens all. That can happen anywhere in the system. But I think like just regular check-in is a really big thing to help prevent that. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess for me, if I was, it's hard to, it's hard to break down the accounting side of things in um, the same way as like sales and production, obviously. But I guess one way of um, looking at, for example, your accounts receivable. Are people billing on time and then are they making sure they're collecting on that invoice that they've sent to the client? So how, can, how could you measure that accountability? Well, it's kind of a gray area, but not necessarily, meaning if your cash flow is low <laughs> and you're not, you're not paying a lot of vendors, then you would probably turn around and look at the other side of the spectrum, which would be accounts receivable, right? Are we bringing money in? Meaning are, are we billing on a timely basis with these clients? Are we making sure that we're billing when we're supposed to be billing and not holding on to those items? Because there are clients out there that do that. They'll bill once a month for, for example, per occurrence things. And then they end up with cash flow problems, they don't have enough cash coming in the door, or they don't have somebody that's collecting on, you know, old, um, old invoices, you know, their, their, their rules are, well, if it's past 60 days, we make a phone call. So the person that might be in charge of that, or are they not doing that, whatever. So that, I th- and that all, of course, comes down to communicating with each other, because there's usually more than one person in the accounting department, right? And you actually could see the results of that stuff on the AR side, even on the, on, even on the AP side, when you're running reports. If you're running reports on jobs to look at profitability, yeah, that's great if, if labor's going through and you're running payrolls because you have no choice, you've got to pay your people. But if you're slacking off on the AP side, or you're not invoicing on on the AR side, that's going to present itself in those reports, and that's not just job manager. You'd see it on the income statement as well, and I'm sure IKPI would really bring that to light for a lot of people.
1: That's what I was yeah. That's
0: actually yeah. Well, uh, this I, is, a, this is a great point. Oh, sorry, Lisa. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, okay. I'll go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that you actually just reminded me of a conversation that I had with one of our clients. Um, who, who got iKPI and actually took what you said, right? Took that system, but then they used the CX log and they implemented like, you have to track all your collections calls using CX. Yep. And then, so what, what he did was he, he looked at on, on the iKPI dashboard, there's just like a simple bar chart saying like how many collection calls you made, right? Over, over the month, for mm-hmm. instance. And um, when he saw the numbers low, he called up the person who did the collections for um, for one of the business segments and uh, and he held her accountable and said, like, hey, we're not making these calls or we're not tracking these things. And then once she actually started doing that, she collected the most she ever did in a month ever, just because he had eyes on and and implemented just this very simple, seemingly simple right process of like entering your collections call logs and he he noticed that the collections came in faster and cash flow was improved because of just that simple accountability
2: piece. Uh
1: The point point I was gonna make is that, I mean, I think accounts receivable is, you know, one of the best examples. That's one of the most important things. I mean, that's great. You can do all this work and, you know, everything, but you need to get money in the door. You need to get paid for that and you need a way to track and monitor that. And I think, asset has cx has some great tools in it to um to do those dunning notifications where you can send out you can um there's a function that you can run to see right on the cx grid you know who's past due and how long and then that can generate notifications you know and and you can have like 30, 60, 90 day different notices that go out, you know, that get increasingly more harsh. But that's one way to do it. And then I know IKPI has taken that um, another step in that direction. There's a couple of really key AR dashboards in there that are super, have really good information that you can track, right, Miles?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can really, I mean, I mean, this is more about like the actual metrics, but in iKPI, you, in, in the AR dashboard, you can break it out by salesperson. You can break it out by AR category, right? People use AR category for like profit center, for instance, right, um, uh, or in that kind of grouping. So, and you can report and visualize it in, in any way possible, in, in any of those ways. So it's pretty it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. So it helps break break it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Wendy, I have a I had a question for you. So it's this is more like an asset, at, staying like accountable to like asset systems. So like the center production process, right, is pretty uh, integral to making sure that the data and asset is like really healthy and good. If if people aren't doing that process well, they're not. Yeah, I mean, asset kind of gets messed up a little bit with with some data. What in your experience, like what what are some like good ways to make sure that people are being accountable to like, or, or what's a good way to make sure like that people are STPing out or making sure that job manager stuff, like billing batches and all that stuff is correct, you know, instead of like leaving a mess behind.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm kind of of the old school with the center Production, meaning that it should be an accounting person that does it or somebody that has an understanding, a, a full understanding, not not a half-baked understanding, a full understanding of what happens when you press that button to send to production. Because what does happen? You got the proposal, the salesperson or the estimator, whoever it is that's building it out, builds it out completely. They hand it off to the client. The client says, yes, that means that they want the work to happen, whether that's maintenance or construction doesn't matter. And then the person that sent it through to production there may or may not be um, a job in there for that. Because sometimes the job gets created ahead of time. So the, a good example of that is um, you already said, hey, we want 25% down on this job. So they just send a payment right away. And you haven't even gotten the contract to be able to send it through to production yet. You haven't given the, been given the go ahead to do that. So you have to put that deposit in an accounts receivable. Sometimes you've just got to go and put a job in and you can do that right in job manager. It's super easy, super fast. I used to do that sometimes instead of waiting around for somebody to give me the contract because I wanted that money in the bank, right? So did my boss. So the center of production will put all the tasks in schedule manager. It puts all of the, the purchasing of those materials, it puts them into purchasing and in AP manager. And then it puts the budget on whatever month you pick for that fiscal budget to start it puts that into that job and group or groups in job manager. And I actually used to do this end of production process years ago when I used to work in the industry. It was part of my accounting duties. And so we would push through, I think it was anywhere between 14 and 1800 contracts um, between like January, February, and March. And that was all me doing all of those but I was very consistent with it because I learned how to do it the right way. It was always sent through the right way. And I always knew that when I went and looked at things, it was gonna be in there correctly. Everything's gonna go correctly where it needs to go. But if I had a maintenance client that was gonna be batch billed once a month, then I would go and assign that bill batch ID to that job and grouper groups. And that can be done in job manager, it can be done in AR. So what I would do and this is just an example i'm not saying people have to do it this way but i would you know break up my day based on things that i had to do every day was time card entry and posting through to ar and getting the bills out the door and then i would take time to do some vendor stuff on the ap side and then i would take some time to send proposals through to production and all the ones that were batch billed, because i was still getting the paper contracts at the time from the salespeople, i would put the letter of the batch bill on the top of the contract. I'd send everything through and I'd put all the ones that were batch billed off to the side. And then I would just go right into that. The easiest way to do it actually is through AR. I'd go into the batch billing and I'd assign the batches to the jobs right there and I'd check them off as I did them. And then they'd be all set up and done and that's it. They were done. It was everything was ready to go. Everything was pushed out where it needed to be and if there was things that had to you know, change on those, maybe there was something wrong with one of those contracts. You can undo that send to production. If they needed to make a change on it, you can resend it through again, you know, things like that. That's gonna happen obviously, but it's just a matter of staying consistent and not having five people doing it and only two of them really know what they're doing. That's where it starts to get out of control. It's the same thing with anything that you do in the software. If you have more than one person or two people doing time entry, that's where it starts to get a little bit off the rails sometimes, and, and that's just my personal experience. So,
1: and I think part of that is education. Like people who might not normally do it, or if you have other people do don't like mm-hmm. I think everyone who uses Asset needs to know kind of the big picture overview. Like you don't need to know everything about every module, but you do have to know, like when you do click send to production, where it goes and how that impacts other people and other people using the system and and really the reporting, it, it can have a big impact. And I think that if the person knew, if the user knew what they were doing and how it would impact, it, it's just a lack of, of education or knowledge of how it really flows through the system and the impact that they're having by clicking you know a single function.
2: Right. And I, I, I don't train send to production I could, but I don't. That's part of Miles training in the in the proposal manager. But I do get questions on that quite a bit. And I always tell them, you know, you have to be careful with sending it through. It's not rocket science, obviously, but you have to know where do these things go. And sometimes I'll even ask them the question. I'll say, where where does it go? What happens? And sometimes they can answer the question and sometimes they can't. It depends on how long they've been in training with us or if they're new to the ballgame. And and maybe they haven't even had a chance to watch the video yet. And the video, I think, is, is pretty clear and concise on that. But I always tell people, you know, know, you, know your story, know what's going on. Why? Why is it here? Where did it come from? Because that's going to make you a more powerful user in the software. And that's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. So this have to they just have to you know give themselves um, a little bit of slack on that and take the initiative to learn it and that's why it's also great in my opinion to have a test system because then they can go in there and they can practice they can they can make a hot mess in there and it's okay it's not their live data we have a test system every single one of us uses it pretty much on a daily basis so I'm a big fan of the test system
0: yeah, that's a that's a pretty interesting point though that you made right there, right? About keeping people accountable for like holding to that theme is that people can't really be held accountable to things they don't know about, right? So if they're properly, so in order to hold, like in order to hold each other accountable, I mean, we know this as a team too, right? But um, uh, in, in like some, in, in a more complex system like asset, um, people need to be properly educated. And then once you're properly educated, then they know like what they need what points you need to hit in order to make sure that everything's flowing correctly. Mm -hmm. So maybe sometimes the trainers who are training, the the trainees aren't fully educated too. Right. So like we have to make sure that those people who are so, so, and then, then when that happens, right, there's a whole bunch of confusion because then no one really knows what to like look for or what, what to hold people accountable to because they don't even know themselves. Right. So I think that's a really interesting point, like of, of being fully educated of the impacts of like what, your world does to other people.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and you got to help your people. You can't just say, all right, you're going to start sending through to production. Go watch the video and then do it. That's great and everything, but it still is going to be better if they get to kind of look in those other areas, right? Where, where does it go? Well, go take a look and see what happens in purchasing an AP manager. See how cool that is. All your materials just show up there and go and look at how the tasks you know are presenting themselves in schedule manager where does that budget go what are the budget numbers what actually gets budgeted on on that specific job and group go look at that in job manager just don't send it through and not know where it goes so that's why i, I always tell people when you do something in asset especially on the, account, the accounting side i said if you if you put in an entry somewhere or do something it doesn't matter what module it is AR or ap I always try to encourage them to go look at the ledger. I said, go and look to see what happened with that transaction so you get the full picture because you don't get the full picture, right? Because our software is so intuitive and most of these softwares are these days. You put an invoice into AP, it doesn't ask you for the offset GL account, which would be your credit to AP. It only wants to know what account do you want to put it to? Oh, well, it's office supplies, great. Well, that's going to be a debit. What's the credit of that? And and. If you don't pay attention to that, that makes it harder for you to figure out things when you either want to fix them or somebody asks you a question, well, why does it look like this? You want to be able to give them an educated answer on that. So it's always cool. It's fun. I love it when my clients get into that little detail and they learn how cool the Explorer is in the CXGL and they figure out how to research things. And if you were to like be able to look at their face, you'd see that, that like, glow of that light over their head because all of a sudden they get it and and that means that I'm doing my job because I want them to get it mm. I want them to understand it because then it's not frustrating it's actually fun at least it is for me because I think accounting is fun so it it's kind of the same thing with the going <laughs> <part.
0: laughs> mm. will leave want- that one to be a subjective opinion yeah okay. it's very subjective I'm just kidding That's- <laughs> But that's, that's a, that's an interesting point though. Again, right. Like the fact that, um, so Wendy, like it's, it's kind of like meta a little bit of a meta discussion, but like when you're training people, like your kind of point of like success and your goal is success to holding people accountable is when they get it right. When they get like, what you just measured there, like when you're training people to understand the system. Um, but like, are there any favorite reports, like just to make it actionable for like our clients, maybe who are a little bit lost. I mean, obviously CX, I mean, maybe it's not obvious, but the CXGL Explorer is awesome, right? That's a that's a great place to know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, like exactly, I mean, that's like really the heart of the whole system. Um, but are there any other like favorite reports that you like to train on or recommend throughout the system that that you think are really useful or that you think are pretty fun?
2: Well, I mean, it depends on, on what module you're in, but you're always gonna know where you're at very quickly and easily if you look at your aging report and either AP or AR, you're gonna know where you're at because you're gonna see your dollars of what you owe or what people owe you if you're on the AR side of things. If you pay attention to your financials, not just once or twice a year, you should be looking at them every month. And I'm not just meaning the income statement, I'm meaning also the the balance sheet and paying attention to what is there and being able to analyze that. Because the income statement, right? That's a fresh statement every month, okay? And that's real easy to see, right? Lisa, you would agree with me on that. You could look, let's say that we have a client out there that they take their construction jobs and they don't bill them out in a percentage of complete billing. They just bill it out when it's done. Well, let's say that one of those jobs is a million dollars. And so it takes them three months to do the job. They're, They're putting in labor, they're buying materials. All those expenses are hitting their income statement, but they don't invoice it until it's actually done at the end of the three months. If you were to go and pull that income statement for that month, you're gonna be top heavy on on your income, but the previous two months, you're you're gonna be heavy on the expense side of things, right? So just those those little tweaks and learn, and some people wanna do it that way, and that's cool. I'm not gonna tell you how to run your books or your company, but that's a good way of gauging Holy cow, why is, why is our net profit loss? Why are we losing money this month? It should never be like that unless you're in the North and you do snow and you have no snow, then you might take a loss in December and January, but typically you're going to always have a net profit on your income statement. So those would be like, you know, my, my favorites, just, just inside, you know, of asset without going into IKPI or anything like that. What do you think we saw?
1: Yeah, another yeah, another thing, and and this kind of it's kind of like the CXGL Explorer, but it is um, organized by job. Is that um, CXGL um, job profit and loss analytic? I don't think I don't know if a lot of people use that, but that's very detailed information. It's um, revenue and expenses by job, by profit center, and it's a pivot table that's completely you know. Flexible, you can add there's you know several different fields or that you can add into it or take away um, mm-hmm. to make it more detailed or less. So that kind of gives you the same information from the GL Explorer and a little bit more um organized fashion organized by job so i think and I, I don't know you know i think some people swear by it a lot of people don't yeah. and aren't you know forget about it or aren't aware of it but um that in there the cxgl profit and loss by job accounts has a really long name i always forget the exact title of it but
2: you know, by that's a good
1: one yeah, yeah.
2: Yep. It is. it's excellent the only thing with with that um is the fact that the the way the numbers present are backwards from what they would on an income statement. So as long as you understand that, that you're not looking at it and saying, oh, look, there's a $500 credit on my materials. No, that's unless there is, it'll be upside down on there. But that's just how it presents on that report. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong. That's just how it presents on that specific analytic. But what's so cool about it, like you said, Lisa, is without even doing a custom statement, or you can run it for one profit center, all your profit centers or branches, doesn't matter. If you wanna see it at the job detail, you would have to drill into that one cell detail to get that, right? Or you'd have to go to the job and job manager. The cool thing is, is if you're in CX and you say, hey, I wanna look at the Smith residence and see what we did for the last six months, you literally could run that analytic and you can filter out to that job because it's got all those different options in there, like you said you can pick and choose what you want to look at. And you can say, well, I only want to look at income or I want to look at expense. I want to look at both, but I only want to look at this job exactly. for this time frame." You don't even have to go anywhere else to get that. You can get it right from there. So it's pretty cool.
0: Nice. So kind of like summing it up a little bit. Um, so what I, what I heard was a good, good some good reports is definitely like the P and L, the balance sheet, of course, right? ap ar those aging reports um and the job manager well in cx is it under analytics financial and, and is it a subset of the analytics financial or is it the analytics
2: cx gl the
0: other the other, the cx gl okay yeah
2: yeah the analytics financial is is cool too i don't think a whole lot of people utilize that to its fullest capability. And of course, any reporting in job manager is, is gonna be fantastic because that's gonna tell you right away if you're putting in good data and you're getting out good reporting.
0: Right, yeah, I like to say that job manager is a source of truth. Sure the, is. <laughs> the clients, that's the source of truth. That is, the, that's the heart yep. of it. It's the, it's the collector of all the data, so. indeed. Um, yeah, that's, that's gonna be the spot like where you're gonna see exactly what's going on. So um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And what's, what's cool about all those reports is that those can all be categorized and grouped out to, for specific people, right? So the P&L can be reported by profit center if you have people who lead certain profit centers, right? It doesn't have to, the AR aging, well, like we said, like AR aging at least can like be broken out by profit center or category or by salesperson, right? So if your salespeople collect, so like all those tools, they're really quite simple. It's just putting in a process to make sure that it's in your weekly or monthly workflow, right? And then those tools can be really impactful to help people either collect or pay faster or, you know, make sure that you're on track to understand where you are against your goals mm-hmm. and your budget. Yep. Um,
2: yeah, because you're not, um, not going to know where you're at if you don't look. I tell people that all yeah. the time. How do you know where you're at if you're not looking at that data? You have no idea where you're at. You're just zooming right along. And what's gonna happen is you're gonna have a train wreck and you're gonna say, well, what just happened? So, and, and mm-hmm. that's a very, I mean, any of those reports, right, Lisa, any of those. The balance sheet is more for the accounting people. That's not for end users because it's not gonna make a lot of sense to them. You know, like the people. the income statement should make a lot of sense to them. Uh, and, and then even going in, drilling in further and going and looking at the jobs and all of that fun stuff. But just looking at that information at least once a month is just going to keep you on top of your game. And it's also going to prevent that train wreck from happening. Because if you see something starting to slide sideways, you're going to see it. You're going to see it in the reporting for sure.
1: That's right. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And I feel like this is I, this is kind of clicking for me that it's kind of come up through our entire conversation is the frequency and having open communication. Mm-hmm. So you you want to stay on top of things and communicate with everyone. Uh, like we do a daily huddle, we have um, and include we do a daily huddle. We check in with each other, kind of track where we are with our goals. Um, once a week, we have a more formal like you know the projects that we're working on the goals that we've set, um, for ourselves. And as a company, you know, we have our company goals and then what we're doing to contribute to them. Um, but really for everyone and everything, like you said, the financial statements, salespeople, keeping tabs of things and checking in with each other and having that open line of communication before things get too far gone. So you can stay on top of things. I think it's really key also.
2: Oh yeah. I agree. hundred percent. Yep. Good advice, Lisa.
0: Cool. Yeah. I think that sounds great. I mean, I could, I think that those are great spots to, to, to start at least right. For somebody who, who maybe doesn't have those systems in place or um, maybe is like, maybe in this time, if you're more in the North, this is more planning time, you can maybe pick and choose one, right. Take. What's it saying? I always mess this up, but it's it's, it's, it's eat the elephant one bite out of time or something like <laughs> that. Is that, is that, I don't know. It's a weird saying, exactly. but the whole point is, is that you, you pick 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 one thing, literally pick one thing, no matter how simple it might seem in your head um, and and, and implement it into your team, whether it's your team or your business, right? But if you're a large organization, you know, like pick one thing and put it into your team and and get that rolling and that will get the momentum going. And then people will start understanding the process, right? And when you get that momentum going, then people actually, it, it just becomes natural, Right, it's but it's a lot of work to get it started though. So,
1: but even like like one little one little accomplishment like motivates you, like oh, I got that done, like and then like you said, that just gets the ball rolling and it's very motivating. Yeah, yeah, because if you say like, yeah, because like if
0: you like went into that whole, if you went to your team or you went to your business and okay, we're gonna look at. Uh, AP, AR, we're going to look at all the job manager analytics, we're going to look at this and that all once a week, right? And then everyone's going to be like, what is going on? You know, like, what are you doing to me? This is going to be so much work, even though it's not, it might, like, be like 10 minutes a day, maybe, uh, you know, uh, people just get overwhelmed and will, like, fight back. Um, so, if you if you slow roll, like, these, like, little things, and, and, and then all of a sudden, people are doing this like after maybe a month or two months and it becomes part of their normal workflow and then they don't the team the team recognizes the value of that so um oh, yeah. but Wendy you, you probably I mean to implement this stuff right because that's I think the, the execution is the hardest part right because we can talk about like the best reports the execution is the hardest part and I think Wendy you're a great example of how to help people execute new systems so um, especially when it comes to training asset itself is new. Like you're very good. So um, I, know I know we're going a, going a little of bit years, over time. Of our podcast,
2: a lot of years of experience. But,
0: <laughs> but I'm just putting it out to our clients, you know, if you want a person that you want need some advice to how to implement a new system, Wendy is a good one.
2: Oh. <laughs> Don't do that. They'll be all calling me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's what, we're, that's what we're here for. We're here to, we're here to help people.
1: Wendy's the bomb, so oh, um. <laughs> that's what we like to call her.
2: <laughs> for us. Yeah. So, um,
1: but Miles, um, that but- was a yeah, that was a good way to pull it all together and you know kind of t- put a pretty big ol- bow on it. But I think that kind of wraps up uh, what we've been talking about and what we wanted to kind of get through on this episode. So I think it's time. We'll wrap it up here and thank everyone for joining us for this episode. Um, we're so happy that you listen. We would encourage you to please subscribe and you, you can catch up on episodes that you've missed in the past and just look for our episodes as we post them. Um, you might have noticed that the episodes are now on the Wistia library. Miles, um, can you just... That's,
0: yeah, it's, it's, it's right available on Wistia. So you can look at um, the videos as well as you can see the podcast library right next to it. So um, it's, it's all on one platform. We figured it it a little bit easier to, to navigate and to, to keep it on one spot. You know, since it, it makes sense, right? To have the videos and also this is educational content, I hope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fun and educational. <laughs> Learning can yeah. be fun. so so that's just another option we're still on all the podcast platforms but you can find everything on listia too just to make it more convenient for you um so please send us any questions that you have uh, if you have any questions about what we talked about today or in any of the other episodes if you have any suggestions on topics that you would like to hear us uh, talk about if you want to be a guest we would love to have you so always as always you can reach us at the team at include.com address, or you can also use the request support or training function from the CX help menu. In asset, when you're logged into asset, you can use that as well. Um, don't forget about the iCommunity forum where you can reach out to us as well and other asset users too. So it's a great way to get information on the include products and engage with other users. So we really encourage you to use that. Uh, check it, check out the iCommunity forum if you haven't done so already, or if you have, come back. Come back often. We, um, you know, could check in on things. You can follow stuff, so you get notifications of when someone uh, put, makes a post on something that you're following. And so it's great. You can get there simply by forum.include.com. Um, so check that out. So we look forward to hearing from you soon in any way, shape, or form. Um, until then, we're going to sign off. So thanks, guys, so much. It was a great episode. Thanks. Mm-hmm. See you next time. Yeah. Thank you. Talk to you. <laughs> yeah, bye
0: bye